Welcome back to the PJ Pod. In this spotlight episode, we'll take a quick look at whether everyone should be getting overly excited about so-called skinny jabs. It's the jab stars say helps them to stay slim. Billionaire Elon Musk claims to use it, so does Jeremy Clarkson, and Kim Kardashian is rumoured to as well. And soon, this self-administered weekly injection will be available on the NHS, after the body which recommends worthwhile... That news report from earlier this month just shows you all the celebrity star power that's lining up behind Wegovy, the brand name for Nova Nordisk's new injectable appetite suppressant. Wegovy, or semaglutide to give it its generic name, is due to be launched in the UK imminently, but it's already hitting the headlines and large community pharmacy chains are setting up waiting lists for people wanting to get the jab privately. But as with most things when it comes to obesity and drugs, things aren't quite as simple as headline writers would like. I'm executive editor Nigel Prates, and I've got two brilliant journalists with me to discuss this. Emma Wilkinson, who's a freelance health journalist and has been looking closely at Wegovy for the PJ, and regular guest, Dawn Connolly, our features editor. Hi both. Hello. Hi. Now before we start, please can we just clear up how we're pronouncing these drug names and maybe some of the terminology. What is Wegovy and are there any other versions of semaglutide? Yeah, glad you mentioned that because I would call it Wegovy myself. I don't know, in the US they call the drug semaglutide rather than semaglutide. So yeah, I think it's caused a bit of confusion, those pronunciations. I don't know what you think, Emma. I've heard Wegovy... Wegovy. I think because it's not launched yet, I don't think we're clear. I don't know if we've heard enough people say it. Well, let's stick to Wegovy and, and semaglutide if we can keep that together by the end of the episode. Okay, we'll try our best. And are there any other versions of semaglutide? Yeah, so semaglutide, that's the generic name, as you mentioned. Uh, and then there's two brands of injectable semaglutide both manufactured by Nova Nordisk. And the difference is that one is licensed for type 2 diabetes, and that's called Azempic. And then we've got Wigovi, which is licensed to treat people who are overweight or obese. The only real practical difference between the two is that they're available in different strength uh, injectable pens. So that reflects the different dosing recommendations for each of those conditions. Right. Well, thanks for kind of clearing that up. Um, so Wegovy hasn't been launched in the UK yet, so why is everyone getting quite so excited about it? Well, I, th- I think there's two reasons for the excitement. Uh, one is the sort of celebrity endorsement of semaglutide, which you alluded to earlier. Uh, there's a big buzz about it on social media. But I think the other reason is that it's it's really effective. Um, until now, people with obesity haven't really had um, that many treatment options that are effective. Um, So semaglutide is considered to be a game changer for weight management. Um, The trials show that when it's used alongside a reduced calorie diet and more exercise, it can induce an average body weight loss of 15%. Emma, can you tell us a bit about how semaglutide works? Um, The drug mimics a natural hormone that we all produce in our bodies, in our guts, which is called glucagon-like peptide 1. Luckily, we can call it GLP-1 for short. Um, And this hormone has several effects. It does several things in the body. One of the main things it does is it stimulates the release of insulin, um, and hence its original role as a diabetes treatment. But it also inhibits glucagon release, and that slows down the movement of food from the stomach, and it reduces people's appetite. So people living with obesity don't always produce GLP-1 properly 
And actually, lots of dieting can also weaken its response. So those who take semaglutide uh, and who have taken semaglutide in the clinical trials say that they feel less hungry and more satisfied after a meal and better able to control any food cravings that they may have. I think I think it's important to say, Emma, also, isn't it, that semaglutide is only effective when it's used alongside lifestyle changes such as eating in a calorie deficit and exercising more. Um, and it only works for as long as the person keeps taking it as well. Studies have shown that once semaglutide is stopped, then people put the weight back on. Absolutely. So will WeGaVee be available on the NHS? It will be available on the NHS in England once it's launched. Um, we should say there is no UK launch date yet. Novo Nordisk say it's working to make it available as soon as possible. Um, in the meantime, NICE have published guidance recommending WeGaVee for NHS use, but only in specific groups of people. So it wants semaglutide to be an option for those who have the highest risk. So that's people with at least one weight-related comorbidity and a BMI of 35 or more, or people with a BMI, that's body mass index, of course, of 30 to 34, who otherwise... Um, have factors that mean they meet the criteria for referral to an NHS specialist weight management service. And actually NICE also specifies that semaglutide should only be prescribed within the context of those multidisciplinary specialist weight management services. And these are known as NHS tier three and tier four services. And what they do is they provide long-term care that includes really comprehensive multidisciplinary team assessment and interventions. So you'll get things like dietary support, lifestyle and behaviour modification advice, and quite importantly, actually, psychological support. So how many people would be eligible under these NICE guidelines? Uh, well, NICE said when it released the guidelines that thousands of people will be eligible for treatment, although it didn't put an actual figure on that. Um, the BMJ has reported in the past 35,000 people, um, but I'm not sure, quite sure where that number's come from. That, that seems quite low. Yeah, it does seem quite low because we know that a quarter of the population of the UK are obese. They fall into the obese category. So, uh, But I guess then you have to take into account whether they've got comorbid conditions or not. So I think it's probably perhaps quite hard to, to put a figure on it. But um I think, importantly, not everyone that's eligible is going to easily be able to access the drug on the NHS. Uh, we know that the weight management services are really overstretched at the moment. There's long waiting lists. There's patchy availability around the country. Uh, and currently, only a very small number of people with a BMI of between 30 and 34 access tier three services or able to access tier three services. So, so that's going to limit the number who can get Wigovi on the NHS. Also, NICE has imposed a two-year limit on Wigovi treatment, um, and that's because Tier 3 and 4 services only offer treatment for a maximum of two years. But it's also in line with current trial evidence, which at the moment we've only got two years' worth of data. But there is a trial going on at the moment, a five-year trial, uh, which is scheduled to end later this year. So hopefully we'll have some more long-term data then on safety and efficacy. So is this just England? Um, well, uh, NICE covers England and Wales and there's no sign yet of uh, recommendations on semaglutide for Scotland, but um, I'm guessing that might be in the pipeline. 
that brings us quite neatly to Emma, actually, because I know you've been looking into um, the private provision of Wegovy in community pharmacies. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Making semaglutide available privately through community pharmacies, for example, could potentially open access to more people than will be able to obtain it on the NHS. Of course, they will have to pay for it. Some pharmacies, we should say, already have experience of doing this. They have weight loss services. And within those weight loss services, they prescribe medication for obesity. That includes things like the less potent GLP-1 agonist liraglutide, otherwise known as Saxenda. But when I looked into more detail about how patients might be provided with the support for those healthy lifestyle changes that NICE have said need to go alongside provision of the drug, as well as that mental health support that we talked about, there wasn't much information. They've said they will have online resources and they have said they will provide ongoing support and advice, but they haven't provided any detail about what that advice and support looks like or whether it goes beyond what is already in their weight management services. So is there not a risk if these patients aren't going to be provided with the support that they should be, that they won't get the results that NHS patients will? Uh, Yes, you would hope not, but that's the implication. Mm, Yeah, you can see why the experts you spoke to might be a bit concerned about that. We'll we'll put a link in the show notes to your full analysis of of this, Emma, so that anyone interested could read all the expert comments in full. Are there any other similar drugs coming down the pipeline? So the next obesity drug to come down the track is terzepatide. I hope I'm pronouncing that one correctly of all of these uh, different medicines. Um, That one's developed by Eli Lilly. Terzepatide mimics two gut hormones, the GLP-1 that we've already heard about and another one called gastric inhibitory polypeptide or GIP. Studies that have been done suggest that this has an even more impressive impact on weight loss than semaglutide, with trials reporting an average 23% body weight loss over 72 weeks. Goodness, it it feels like we're at the start of a revolution in obesity reduction. Is is that too overblown to say? Well, we could be at the start of a revolution, but I think it will be a very slow one. It's going to take a lot of time for semaglutide to become available via the NHS for all of those people who are eligible. As we talked about earlier, weight management services are overstretched, access is patchy. So um, I don't really see how these services are going to be able to meet the demand that's expected for semaglutide without additional funding. And the ongoing cost of obtaining semaglutide privately is likely to be out of reach of most people. We don't know exactly how much that will be yet, but given that liraglutide costs around £240 a month to obtain privately, wow, you know, it's going to be quite expensive, I imagine. Well, thank you both for filling us in on what is such a complicated uh, issue. I'm sure this is going to come up again on the PJ pod as these injections are rolled out. If you are listening to this and think uh, you want to add anything to what we've discussed, then please let us know on social media using the hashtag PJPod. I do just have to make one correction to our previous episode on HRT. During the pod, we said that testosterone is licensed in the UK for low libido, but we should have said testosterone is recommended by NICE for low libido. Just to be clear, there are currently no licensed testosterone preparations for women in the UK. Until next time, from us, 
it's goodbye. Thanks, Nigel. Bye-bye. Thank you.